there's a third scripture that Brother Myers didn't have, and Dr. Hobson is going to read that for me this morning. Thank you. This is Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. So Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Again, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this blessed day, give me strength of land to preach, preach your word boldly, prophetically, and courageously. Open our minds. Touch our hearts, O oh God, and give us strength of limb that we, your people, might live out the gospel spreading the good news each and every day. We claim it and we name it in your holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. The sermon for this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning, spreading the good news, spreading the good news. August Wilson, uh, in my estimation, the late August Wilson is one of the, one of, one of, one of the best uh, playwrights who ever lived. He died much too early, but my favorite play that August Wilson wrote was Fences. And I think I like it so much because it deals, it could, it could be any family, deals with marriage and relationships within the family, friendships and, 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 and what holy matrimony ought to be, deals with temptation, struggle. All the elements that impact us on a daily basis, our work, our work ethic. And the main character who has a wife who stands by him through thick and thin, decides that he has to, well, I don't know if he made the decision, but he, he, he well, he did. He started looking in another direction and his friends kept warning him that, you know, you, you don't defile your marriage bed. and he kept on looking and kept on being tempted until he finally broke down and had a relationship and his wife knew it. She confronted him and, and he said, I can't let her go. And she stayed with him. But when he came home and said that his girlfriend had passed away uh, in childbirth and brought the child home, his wife said, this child has a mother, but you no longer have a wife. She cannot forgive him for what he'd done. 
And part of the reason I think, and I believe was that, that, that he really showed no remorse. He never repented. When Jesus went back, went to heaven on that Ascension Sunday, what he said to the people is, I need you. What he said to his disciples, hear me. He said this is his disciples. He said, I need you to spread the good news. I leave you the Holy Spirit. I leave you power. I'm going back home. But I have a, you have a story to tell. What is that story? You have a story to tell that all humankind, since, since Adam and Eve, all humankind, are tainted by sin. But if you are heartily sorry, you're sorry for, your, for what you, whatever you've done, if you repent, there's always forgiveness. As we live our lives and hurt people or, or betray our friends or whoever, or even our marriages, people sometimes can forgive us and sometimes they can't. But I tell you, Jesus Christ says, I can always forgive you. It doesn't matter, no matter how, how heinous the deed, no matter how vile it is, if in your heart, hear me, if in your heart, you are truly sorry, which means it can't be just a verbal, you got caught, a verbal situation where you want to get out of it. You say you're sorry. No, you have to say, I know, I recognize the error. I recognize it, it violated your will, God. I recognize. And it hurts me to hurt you. And what I say to you, Lord, is here, take my burden, take it off of me. Please forgive me. I repent, and at that instant, it's done. I repent. You are forgiven. That was the good news he needed them to spread throughout the kingdom, that the Roman government does not have the power. Kings and queens, pharaohs, they don't have the power. The power comes from on high. The power comes from God. God can forgive your sins, but you have to be repentant. And that's a struggle with 7 million-plus people in our world today. Ask the question, have you repented of your sins? Nobody can answer that question but the individual. But the definition of repentance is to be truly, truly sorry for what you've done and understand that what you have done violates the gospel. What you have done breaks relationships. What you've done brings harm. And you want to make it right. You want to fix it. You want to be set straight. You don't want to do that again. Just say, Lord, I am sorry, I repent, I repent, I repent. And doesn't matter how ugly it seems to other people, what you've done, God can forgive you. He forgives prostitutes, drug addicts, thieves, murderers. He can forgive anybody who's heartily sorry. And we have to help people recognize that the gift of God, his blood shed for us can wash away any and every sin. And people who come into our midst if not for the grace of God, there go I. If not for the grace of God, that could be me on drugs. That could be me as a prostitute. That could be me as a thief. That could be me. And so when somebody comes to the Lord heartily sorry, he says, you must repent. And after we repent, we have to believe and we have to rely. Three-step process, repent, believe, and rely. You repent, you're heartily sorry for your sins. You believe that Jesus Christ is the risen son of God. You believe that Jesus Christ can 
wash away your sins. You believe that Jesus Christ resides in your heart. And from that day forward, you rely on Jesus Christ to lead God and direct your life. And when that happens, we see the change that comes over us. And if we, as we spread the gospel, it is more than just taking booklets to people, like the Jehovah's Witnesses taking booklets to people, dropping them on their doorstep, sitting around mumbling about things we, we really aren't certain of. It is about a witness and a certainty telling people what God has done for you and what God can do for them. Only God, only God can wipe away your tears. Only God can take those, that scar tissue away. Only God. Mary Louise, I won't call her last name, born in Alabama. Mary Lu Louise was born in a, in a house of ill repute, born in a house where people was, women's bodies were so she was born there, lived there. At 13 years old, she was raped in that place and lived and, and survived horrible, horrible, horrible incidents. Found her way to a halfway house in Detroit, Michigan. Found her way there, broken, battered, torn, torn to pieces. Just, just, just a shell of a human being. But the old woman who had formed that, that house for runaways in the halfway house, bathed her, combed her hair, rubbed her feet, loved her, wouldn't let her wither and die, loved her. She said to the woman, I, I wanna know this Jesus who has to hate me for all I've done. And she said, you, you, you do know this Jesus, he'll reside in your heart. It's not what you've done. You've not done anything any worse than anybody else, but you gotta believe that Jesus loves you. You gotta be able to forgive even those who did all those horrible things to you. You got to forgive them. You know, let God, let God deal, deal with their, their souls, but you got to be able to forgive your mother for never coming to your rescue. You got to let it go. When you let it go, then you are repenting. When you let it go, you are saying, Jesus, I trust you. When you let it go, Jesus, whatever sins I've committed, whatever I've done to stay alive, Jesus, just forgive me. I need you to come into my life Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. And when he came into her life, transformed her, that she became one of the most powerful preaching young ladies in, in, around, just on the streets, preaching and teaching people that Jesus can forgive your sins. And when, he, when you repent, he loves you. He forgives you. He forgives you. He forgives you. And he loves you. Through all the scar tissue, through all the horror, through all the things, Jesus loves you. And you are then, she was able to love somebody else. She was able to marry and to bear children and to say, I have a new journey, a new life. Never dreamed it was possible. She was on her deathbed. But it was the repentance thing. Somebody was able to witness the good news. The woman at the halfway house witnessed the good news. And she combed her hair, washed her feet put lipstick on her, made her feel like somebody special. She didn't talk about what she was, she had been, what she came from, what she had done. She said, this is what she can be today. Brand new, molded and shaped by God. The potter's got you, child. The potter's got you. Praise God. The potter has you. 
and nobody can put you down. Nobody can talk about what has happened. Nobody. You got a new journey, a new day, new friends, new everything, a new life. That's the good news. And if we spread that news, our churches will be filled. If we spread that news, our communities will be made better. If we spread the good news that whatever we've done, somebody's going to love us no matter what we've done. Somebody's going to pick us up out of the muck and mire. Whatever we've done, praise God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Thank you. It's not about a list of rights and wrongs. It's about you saying, I forgive you. Let's start this brand new adventure. Let's start this brand new journey. I got amazing things I want you to experience. I got amazing people I want you to love. I got a world I want you to help me build. Can you do that? On this Christian journey, I got a job for you. Learn what your job is when you say yes and you rely on Jesus. Learn what your job is. Lord, you have given me, gifted me. Now what can I use these gifts to do? Is it teaching, Lord? Is it preaching? Is it healing the sick? Is it loving your people? Is it teaching? Whatever it is, Lord, I want to do it. I want to do it because I love you that much. I want to do it, Lord, because you're awesome. I want to spread the gospel. Wherever I go, I want to be able to tell people what you have done for me. Whatever happens, I want to be able to witness. Another great writer, uh, Alice Walker, The Color Purple. Years ago, I took my first congregation to see The Color Purple. And I admit, Shia Gabriel was my, my favorite character. She was, she was one of those uh, wild girls who loved to dance and loved to party and, 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 and could sing. And, and she just mesmerized men. I mean, it was one of the funniest lines in that movie is when the man tells Shia, I'll drink your bath water. I thought how gross that is, but anyway, that's the that's the that's the image she had. But Shug had been raised in the church. Her daddy was a preacher, and when she saw her daddy, he he just walk away from her. She'd be waving, and then she she got married, and she dead eyes married now, still trying to get his attention. And he knew that she had not repented. He could not deal with her. But that night in the juke joint. When she was shaking her shimmy, and Lord, she was shaking her shimmy. She was, they were, they were howling in the juke joint. They were having, they were drinking good liquor. They were eating good fried chicken. They were having a great time in the juke joint. But but even in the juke joint, God's message, message can come through. And she just kept hearing the song. And she couldn't, she couldn't shake her shimmy. She couldn't dance. She kept hearing the song. And then she, she started moving out of the juke joint and walking through the church. And the song was, God is trying to tell me something. God is trying to tell me something. And she got there to the church. And she said, I hear you, Lord. I hear you. I hear this sense of repentance. I hear you, Lord. And I, I, I'm, where I, I'm where I need to be. I hear you, Lord. And her daddy put his arms around and embraced her because she had repented. He put his arms around her, the love that she needed so long. Welcome home, Shug. Welcome home. You're home. Praise him. Praise him. What a testimony. What a testimony we all have. When we walked down the aisle and felt the Lord put his arms around us, 
and felt the power of the family of God. When the world was singing good stuff to us and a Christian story came through even that. And we said, Lord, I repent. You forgive my sins, I repent. We have a world, we got a story to tell folk, to be able to tell this broken world, to be able to say, your sins can be forgiven. Question, the remaining question is, have we been faithful to tell that story? There are some roadblocks sometimes for us telling that story. And the greatest roadblock sometimes is our own success and our own materialism. Sometimes my stuff, sometimes my wealth, my car, my house, my clothes, my stuff, my jewelry, sometimes my stuff builds a wall up between me and my savior. And I can't see that I need that repentance. I can't see that I need forgiveness. I can't see that I need the glory of God shining in my life. I'm so drunk on the world. I need to be detoxed. I need to take the world. And how bad, what better place to do it than that with the family of God? What better place to do it is when we come to church. What better place to do it is when we're in Bible study. What better place to do it is when we have fellowship, whatever the fellowship of Christian folk to be able to spread the good news. When a mother says, my child was lost and gone for 15 years, I looked, I prayed, I longed, I, I just knew God would not let me down. And low down the road, I saw that baby coming up, torn, battered, and abused, but it was coming to mama. Down the road, I saw my child, and I ran to meet my child. Down the road, I saw God in action. Whatever the situation, Disease had ripped my body and the doctor said, there's nothing we can do, but I know God was on the throne. When my child needed a lawyer and the lawyer wouldn't be there, I know God was on the throne. When they were about to take my house away, I knew God would not let me be homeless. I know God. And those are the testimonies that we have to be telling people what God has done for us, not because we deserve it, because God loves us so much. He loves us so much. He wants to, us to come in out of the storm. And too many of us are so, so confused. We just like the stormy weather. We're so used to the, to the sleet and the hell and the rain and the wind. We're so used to being on earth. God says, I got shelter, baby. I got shelter for you. I got a place. Come on in. Come on in. That's the good news. When the church tells everybody, we got a place, we got a shelter, we got a fountain for you. We got water, we got love, we got all that you need. And at the end of the day, we can say, I do rely on the cross. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing out there any better than that. Praise him. As we remember this Ascension Sunday, and we see, we can literally see the Son of God going back to the Father. But we can also feel the power of the Holy Spirit that stays with us, leads and guides and directs us. And that choice is yours. But as for me and my house, we, we will serve the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we are grateful.
Thank you, Lord, that we're able to spread the good news. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to see you even on cloudy days and snowy days, and we can even see you in the dark because you come to fill our hearts, and we're grateful. For those who have heard this word, oh God, and need you, they know how to contact us so we can help them pursue their journey, or they can contact any church open in your name and say, Pastor, friends, I just need to grow. I just need to be with somebody who's got my back. I just need to be a part of the family of God. I want you to direct me and it will be done. We would love to have you at Centenary, but whatever church you decide to choose, I'll just say, we have decided to repent today, to believe and rely on the Lord. We need guidance and it shall be done. Those who are with us leaving, for those who are leaving Facebook, for those who are with us doing our glory sightings, the same thing is true of you. Just contact us and we will be glad to lead and guide and direct you because we love you more importantly because the master loves you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen.